This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. We're thrilled today to be joined by a brilliant chief information officer. We're joined today by Chris Paravati, the, the, the CIO at Northeast Georgia Health System. Uh, Chris has also been awarded Innovator of the Year. The system has. And he'll talk to us about some of the things we're most focused on, most excited about. Chris, thank you for joining us on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Can you take a moment to tell us about yourself in the Northeast Georgia Health System? Sure. Thank you for having having me. Uh, Northeast Georgia uh, consists of five hospital systems and over 100 ambulatory locations uh, serving most of uh, the Northeast uh, area of Georgia. Uh, myself, I've been in healthcare IT for over 30 years, uh, really focused on innovation, implementation work, uh, architecture, uh, and, and really delivery. Really, how do you operationalize these tools and that's that's really been a, been our focus at Northeast Georgia as well. Thank you. And take a moment. You you've literally been at two systems now for, for 15 years each, which is great stability in a career and really the ability to make a difference. Maybe as we get started, you could talk a little bit about what advice you would give to emerging leaders because you've had a great leadership career. What what do you tell people about? Here's what they should think about it. Here's how they should conduct themselves. Any thoughts on what advice you'd give to emerging leaders? Yeah, you know, it, what I would tell every leader and I tell every new leader at Northeast Georgia is that often people don't remember what you worked on last week. And frankly, they don't often care, but they absolutely remember what it was like to work with you. So building relationships, connecting with individuals, understanding what their needs are, understanding the business intimately by being in the work is incredibly powerful. And, and so, you know, I have really built a career with a focus on customer delivery. And those customers in, in IT are not patients, but they're people who serve patients. And so spending time in the emergency room, spending time on the inpatient floor, um, visiting a clinic, um, showing up at the storeroom, uh, un unboxing pallets, you build those relationships, but you also understand the work. And then you can start to create ideas and ultimately an architecture towards serving that business. And that's that's really what I would advise and, and is what I believe has been the key to my success. And, you know, and really meeting the customer where they are. Yeah, but, but that's, there's two or three brilliant parts of what you just said. They're so interesting. The first part resonates so well, and, and it's almost like at school. You almost don't always remember the subject or what you were learning, but if the teacher was terrific, it's a great class. If it's a brilliant subject that the teacher is horrible, it's probably a, a bad class. And, and just like you said, nobody really cares what you worked on last week, or do you necessarily remember what you worked on last week? What you do remember is the people that made an impact on you and who you loved working with, who treated you fairly, who had clarity about what they were trying to accomplish and so forth. I think that is great. And then sort of the second concept of connecting with users. There are so many professionals 
that do a great job of this and understand their whole job is ultimately connecting with users to make sure that what they're doing is useful versus those that are sort of in an ivory tower or, or, or code by themselves. And at the yeah. end of the day, if you're coding brilliant stuff, but it's not for people that really need it, uh, no good. So I think those are, I, I, I love that. What do you, as you look at 2024, what are the big focuses for this year coming up? What are you most excited about for the year coming up? Oh my gosh, there's, we are on a, you know, a, a explosive res- revolution in technology. And it's not just AI and the things that that brings, um, but it's cloud compute, it's uh, computer vision, it's uh, being able to do advanced modeling and really help to augment cognitive work. And what I mean by that is helping our users with all this information that's overwhelming them narrow that information down to what they need and what is their best next action, right? And and we do that through a combination of tools, whether it's in the in the OR using computer vision uh, and listening to say, did we call a timeout? Did we call the correct procedure? Oh, here's who's in the room. I know who's in the room because they have, you know, an appropriate tag. I can I can set a start time and a finish time or it, it could be falls. It could be um, leveraging smart room technology to invite family members into a room to either visit or participate in clinical care. There's so many things we can do that really uh, will completely change the way we deliver healthcare. Um, but it, it's all based on, we can't take on any more information, right? I mean, you know, people's emails are full, for example, as just an example. How do we leverage computer technology, AI technology to tell me what are the most relevant things to synthesize that in such a way that it's helping me make decisions and helping me get that work done? And that's that's where I'm really fascinated with. Um, I think that there's, while that sounds really techy, there's real practical examples of just, we're overstimulated as humans. There's too many things coming at us. So so how can we use this technology uh, with traditional technology such as our EMRs to say, what is the next best thing we do in our health system to improve patient safety, to improve throughput, to improve appropriate engagement, uh, to improve clinical decision support? All of that comes together, and we're on this journey, and I think we're very much in infancy stage. You think about three years ahead, uh, where we'll be in, in some of this development. And probably, I could probably spend two hours talking about that topic. No, it's a fascinating topic, actually. And, and where are you starting to see a dent made by AI now? Because your point is really well taken, that we're sort of the infancy of it. I mean, you've seen things like the discussion of predictive analytics, some other things. Where are you starting to see the AI start to make some small impacts where you could start to see the future of them? Yeah, so, uh, you know, a a couple really practical examples. We have um, a large primary care base, and we send patients to subspecialty care. And when you go to the clinic, and let's say neurology clinic, they're reviewing charts online, and they're looking at images, and they're looking at the progress note from the primary care physician. I could use an AI tool, and in context, I could fetch and, and 
and condense that information into one screen that says, here's all the things you need to know about this patient when they present. Here's why they're coming. Here's some history and background. Here's some social economic situation items and bring that forward. And that's an example of where we spend an hour before a clinic opens preparing. Uh, another example uh, is being able to uh, apply some AI learning on your reporting catalog. And, and everybody complains about how many reports they have and how many reports you're building. Well, if I we're working on laying down an AI model that will review those reports and identify similarities. That's step one. The second step is then for you to say in your own language, in, in your own definition, what is it that I'm looking for? Oh, I'm looking for patients um, who have been referred to neurology and have not yet been seen. And use that AI technology to say, okay, there's a report that exists already. I don't have to go look at a catalog or, you know, go out to a website and figure out what I have in my EMR. That natural language could go, oh, here's here's seven reports that fit that category, and here's how I would rank those towards um, what you're seeking. So, real two practical examples, and there's there's dozens of others. And when you look at this. Is it easier to look at this and how to approach it? It's starting with some discrete examples versus looking at a, a comprehensive way of looking at how AI will apply, will, will sort of impact things. Is it easier as a CIO? I mean, you have, sort of have to think big and small, but it must be gratifying to see some discrete examples of things working that you could build on versus always having to come at it with a comprehensive approach. How do you sort of look at controversial approach versus small victories? Yeah, and I kind of I I kind of go off the ranch um, from traditional thought in this space. I you know EMRs and 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 subsystems are you need to clearly define an architecture and a design that's cohesive. In analytics and in AI and in machine learning, they're very use case specific. And I almost think of it as somewhat disposable. Um, I'm going to implement this tool. I'm going to implement this piece of analytics. And, it's, you know, maybe it's going to drive a business objective and we're going to move on to something else. We're going to move on to another problem. So I want to be nimble. I want to be very discreet in that deliverable and recognize that the business is going to change. And, and it got me to my next step. But it's not an architecture. You know, it's not this big a, you know, thing that takes years to get there. And, and that's what I like about AI is um, while you hear lots of buzz and lots of, lots of, I can get real specific, practical examples where I can take small pieces of, of work away from individuals. And guess what that does? That frees them up to work on something else. And just in that same analytics model, we're going to move to something else. So I can be very iterative in, in this domain versus the way we've thought about but other segments of IT. But that's a wonderful thing to be able to be, because in a lot of ways, it's so much easier to process and make impact and see positive results, which adds confidence and so forth, than having to take a comprehensive approach. We're spending $100 million on this year to overall how we do AI. I mean, it doesn't make any sense anyways, but it's, it's such a great approach. I love that. It, 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 anything else you'd like to share with the audience today and sort of what you're excited about or what you're watching? 
Yeah, you know, I think the one thing I would add to that is that you can't get over um, or beyond where operations can take that. So, for example, if you think about AI to identify incidental findings in in imaging, you've got to be prepared or operations has got to be prepared to receive that technology. So part of my role is while there's all these shiny things and things we can, what's most relevant to the business and is the business prepared to, to use that tool? And if they're not, are you helping that organization get there? Are you, you know, in that example, uh, radiology identifies an incidental finding an image. Who's going to look at that incidental finding? Who's going to respond to that? Who's going to connect with that patient? And what care is going to be delivered as a result of that? So it's not just the AI to find or fetch or complete a task. It's it's how are you changing your business? And and so I would just caution us to think about that in and how you balance these tools in a practical use. But this goes back a lot to your initial leadership advice is to making sure that whatever you're doing connects well and is useful to the operators, to the physicians, the clinicians, the administrator, whoever it is, that it's not AI in a vacuum, it's AI for purposes. It's making sure that if we're sending somebody information, we're starting to discover great ideas, that actually the people that are going to use it actually accept them and like them as well. I mean, I think that that really connects well to your advice on leadership too. Yeah, you only can push the organization to change if you have the relationships and the credibility that you are listening and you're responsive and you're accountable for their success. No, Chris, thank you so much. Chris Parvati, the the Chief Information Officer of Northeast Georgia Health System, a great, great system. What a pleasure to visit with you today. And thank you for joining us on the Beckers Healthcare Podcast. Just a great discussion. And I love your advice for leaders and in particular professional leaders of any sort of making sure if you're a leader, you better connect to your constituency and is working with you and so forth because doing things in a vacuum is is, is wasteful and, and, and not useful and doesn't really have the impact you want it to have. I think just brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm